Mikiyuna Achuta, which of course in Huttis means hello everybody. We are coming to you as always from deep within the Outer Rim, far from the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. I am Ray Rumsey, filling in for Mark tonight on War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. And I am joined today by the second-in-command, the illustrious Joe Cahill. How are you tonight, Joe? I am doing fantastic, Ray. How about yourself? I am doing wonderful. I'm, I'm excited for tonight's episode. We got some good stuff to talk about. And unfortunately, you know, uh, our fearless leader, Captain, is off enjoying some vacay time on Nar Shaddaa, but he'll be back very soon before we notice he's gone. He Unless those be... Imperial agents pick him up that I sent out. True, true. I mean, he could just be in, in the, the lavatory, but who, who knows? Anyway, <laughs> it's just us tonight. We've got this ship on autopilot, and we are going to talk about some crazy stuff. Joe, what are we talking about tonight? We are going to delve into the subject of the Force. The... What is the Force? Religious connotations. Uh, light versus dark versus gray. Uh, you know, just about anything we could think about, we're going to try and talk about with the Force tonight. Awesome. Awesome. And it, if you're listening to this show, I'm going to go ahead and just kind of imagine that you already know plenty about the Force and you probably have your own thoughts on it. So if that is the case, stick around for the end of the show. I'll tell you where you can contact us on social media. You can send us your thoughts. We'd love to hear them. But delving into this a little deeper, for people that may have never heard of Star Wars before because they lived under a rock on, you know, Tatooine or something. Or maybe this is the first time listening to the show, which would be really weird that you're starting now. But, you know, I'm not going to hold that against you. The Force. A mysterious energy field that binds all life in the galaxy. Wow. That's it's a pretty big force. That's, um, that's mighty big, so, the force. So... How do you feel the Force operates better, light side or dark side? Hmm. Operates better. That's that's a tough question, honestly, uh, because I I kind of like both sides, to be honest. I mean, I love the practicality of, you know, being able to run really fast, uh, do the Force leap, you know, telekinesis, those are all like super cool abilities, but I also really like force lightning. Yeah. Well, and you can, you look at it, the Sith kind of get all of those as well. And then of course, force lightning added on. Um, Cause we get to see Vader, even though he's part mechanical man, uh, leaping and bounding a couple of times during, True. during battles and, and especially against his son in both uh, empire and return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. Um, it also seems to me that the, uh, dark side users like to throw things at you a lot more often. <laughs> <laughs> this is so true. I'm going to rip that off the wall and throw it at you. Yeah. Um, but what I wonder is the gray Jedi order. Now, not really canon, but mm -hmm. I find there are Jedi and Sith throughout all of the tales that are canon. And in the, of course, expanded universe, that I would say are really neither true light users or true dark side users. They are gray. They use elements of both. And we'll start right off with Qui-Gon. Yeah. Um, I felt Qui-Gon was, you know, ends justify the means. This is true. Yeah. Kind of an attitude. And probably why he was not on the Jedi Council, even uh -huh. though he was a master. That's a very good theory. Uh, so, you know, well... They, they kind of made mention of Qui-Gon's, not necessarily affiliations, but his uh, philosophies. There we go. Um, and, uh, in the Clone Wars. Uh, but not, not just that. He made multiple comments throughout Episode 1 to his Padawan um, that, you know, the living force. He was very mindful of the living force. Right. And, you know, the force itself is described as being like it has a will of its own, which kind of implies to me that it's its own living entity almost. More godlike than 
the power source. Right. So my my question to you, Joe, would be if the force itself is an entity and it is capable of granting these darker powers and these lighter powers because they say there's a light and dark side to the force, would that not mean that the force itself is gray? Oh, wow. Um, mind blown. Um, excellent point. And I'm going to say I have to agree with that. The force is the force is completely neutral. You know, it's uh, you either spend a long time studying in order to access it or, you know, you learn the quicker way through the darkness, uh, anger and hate. Uh, ooh, I like that. And that would explain why you have these guys who, you know, like Qui-Gon, ends justify the means. Um, listen to the living force, not necessarily the light or the dark parts of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Wow. That's really pretty good because you almost think about towards the end, Luke had kind of started to come to that conclusion as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, he, you know, he cut himself off from the force for a long time, but when he came back, he was a lot grayer than I remember Mr. I'm the hero. <laughs> yeah. <You> know, <laughs> he wasn't the, the farm boy hero anymore from the first three movies. Um, he was definitely grayer and darker. Yeah. And so that's that's actually a very good point. The force is neutral, and it doesn't care how you use it. Exactly. That's, just, that's what, I, what I was kind of thinking, is the force doesn't care how you use it, per se, just that it is connected to you. Right. It's just a, your own moral choices, exactly. and you can call it whatever you want. Um, Which, you know, it was. The, all manner of different uh, factions, we'll call them, uh, or orders throughout the galaxy all called it something different. It wasn't always the force. Right. Right. And, uh, and then you start, you know, going down the character list that, that really just used it because it was granted to them or able, uh, Mara Jade. Mm-hmm. She was very gray. Um, yeah, she worked for the empire for a long time, but not even as the hand was she a dark side user. Yeah. Uh, you know, what histories they give of the dark side time. She was just analytical. What do I need to accomplish my mission? And, you Boom. know, I think there's a, a lot of other characters that follow that philosophy, too. Exactly. Um, well, and with Qui-Gon, you got to go back to who his master was. This is very true. Dooku. Dooku. Who started as a Jedi Knight, a Jedi Master, who then became Dark Jedi or Sith. Right. Uh, yeah. What 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 changed his mind, and what of that did he instill in his Padawan, Qui Gon? Huh. Yeah. Like at, at what point? Because we we see. Look at what happened with Anakin. He stayed a Jedi even though he was being groomed by Palpatine for a long while. Right. And you so. actually see, I'm the good guy, slipping towards a grayer area, right. and slipping then finally into the full dark side. Yeah. Um, so I, I have to wonder if that didn't also happen with Dooku, who had the same master. And what, like you said, what did Dooku try to or succeed in convincing Qui-Gon? Right. Um, because when you go back to uh, Mace Windu, when they're talking about Count Dooku, Count Dooku was a Jedi. He would never blah, blah, blah you know, bullshit. <laughs> he was the bad guy and you guys were blinded. Um and I think it was their own morality that was blinding them, not the Force or not the Sith. Mm, yeah. We beat the Sith. It's all over. It can never happen again. Yeah. Because because we're the good guys. Right. And I think they were also kind of convinced that if, they, if the Sith did ever come back, that they would be able to defeat them because they had been training and studying for so long. Right, and there were so many more of them. Right. Yeah, because they were. We see how that, that was another big, out. Yeah, that was still the big deal. <laughs> only one. Oh, there would only be two. Right. Rule of two. Um, so, but that rule of two refers to Sith only. True. It really doesn't say anything about dark Jedi. Yeah. Or and, just, just a. I mean, <laughs> the witches of Dathomir. Um, you know, dark Jedi types are all around. Dark users of the Force. Right, and there was light users of the Force that weren't Jedi either. Right. I mean, they, they were just, you know, Force-sensitives or 
maybe they didn't even know they were using the force, you know, things like that. Well, here's one for you. Do you think George Lucas intended it this way? Or was he using the force as the Arthurian legends, Holy Grail quest? Wow. That's a good one too. <laughs> since, you know, since he uses the, uh, you know, the tried and true hero, princess, scoundrel, um, good versus evil storyline. Yeah. Well, I definitely think that when Lucas originally presented the movie, well, the trilogy, I think it was meant to be a clear cut. These are the good guys. These are the bad guys. But I think throughout time and in society's thought processes, it's kind of become a little muddled, maybe a little uh, gray. So I think initially he probably wanted it to be uh, black and white, black and white, kind of like a, a yin yang. Because mm-hmm. we do see a lot of Eastern religions brought into it. Uh, right. Uh, you can't balance the force if you have only one side. Right. Exactly. And, and you know, he, we, they talk about that at, at many moments throughout the movie. And, you know, they always made comments like Yoda about uh, forever dominated. Will your destiny be, you know, so stay away from the dark side. Um, which, which is y- proven wrong. Right. I mean, Yoda is pretty much the... I'm trying to think back on any other characters that ever said that about the dark side. And I only remember Yoda being the one to say it, maybe Obi-Wan, but. Oh yeah. I, th- I think you're right. Um, if anybody out there can counter us and send us an email on that, when we get to the end, yeah, um, yeah, that would be, be great. Fantastic. Um, wow. So, you know, but it, like you said, it's, it shifted focus to more of a, a grayer area in mm-hmm. the, in the prequels. Um, you know, they don't mention that when, if you actually think about it, after Maul kills Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan gets through the shield, he's attacking in anger. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he is he doesn't, out he doesn't for revenge. revenge. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't win until he's hanging down that hole and calms down. Um, yeah, which yeah. was the only way he was able to get out of that hole. <laughs> right. He had to calm himself so he could get his full connection to the Force back. Because he wasn't used to operating through the anger. Right, right. Which is where, where Maul was. Right, Maul was, and where Anakin ends up. But it took three movies to get him there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's not a fast process. You don't just wake up and say, I think I'll be Sith today. Right. There, there... It was, the like you said, the grooming, getting him to start breaking the little rules, then getting him to break a big rule and take off Dooku's head. Right, because nobody you know, would see, nobody would con- know. Convincing his side, convincing him his side was the just side. Yeah, and that the Jedi did not want to follow the rule of law or the democracy. Hmm. I mean, he pushed every button that would be there with Anakin. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He he knew exactly what he was doing in that respect. Oh, absolutely, and uh, and Mace Windu. I would say Mace was probably gray, leaning towards light. Yeah, but but he slipped in the end with the I'm just going to destroy him when he had promised Anakin he was just going there to arrest him. Yeah, yeah. Mace was kind of I I get the sense anyway that Mace was kind of a hothead anyway. Right. Which kind of goes with what you were saying. Like he, he feeds off of his emotions more than being calm and cool and collected, which is typically a dark side trait but he leans towards the light side and it's teaching. So yeah, I, I would, I would say he was probably pretty on the, in the gray neutral area. Yeah. Just, he was leaning that way. And I would have loved to have actually seen that story continued uh, in Canon. I know there oh. are some uh, extended stuff out there on uh, Mace Windu, but most of that is pre uh, episode three. Uh, I would like to see him having survived that after coming that close to doing basically a full-on dark side act by cutting down the emperor while he was Mm. helpless. I saw uh, one. It wasn't like a a continuation of the the movie or anything like that, but it was, uh, it's on YouTube. And it, it basically, what drew my attention to it was it said, what if Anakin joined the Jedi council? 
I was like, well, wait a minute, let me check this out. And it was that scene, but they like kind of cut it apart and put it back together in di- a different order in that Windu did end up killing the Emperor and Anakin was allowed to join the council because Mace did say, if what you're telling me is true, then you will have gained my trust. Right. And so they, they kind of played on that and, and he did join the council and that's where it ended. But I, I, if I'm remembering correctly, when he sat down, he was kind of looking around like kind of angrily at, you know, just what had happened. And they started playing the Imperial March. Oh, wicked. I'm going to find that one. Huh. All right, then. (laughs) Mace Windu becomes the Emperor. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and you can even do, uh, uh, I think, a great fanfic that should come out is, like I said, right after the fall. Yeah. Anakin takes his arms and he falls off, uh, survives the fall through his knowledge of the Force, able to slow his descent and all that, but show his healing, show his anger at losing, his anger at Anakin, his anger at Palpatine, his anger at the Jedi Order for not stopping it. Wow. Because um, he's going to have, really all, you would good. have all that if you survived. I, can you see that? I could see that Thrawn and Mace Windu show up to take over the First Order. Oh, man. <laughs> that sounds really now, cool. I'd watch that, that. That would be a combination of Wow. That would be sweet. I would totally watch that for real. Oh, I would be probably the happiest thing Disney would have ever done for me is that. <laughs> <laughs> like, give Windu two robot arms like everybody else. And, you yeah, know. he's a full-on dark Jedi or, or, well, I would say he just could be a dark Jedi, not even a Sith Lord. Um, he would just be a badass in his own right. Yeah. And yeah, who's, re- who's there to stop him? Exactly. No. Yeah. They're all gone yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. We got, we, we got one little gal who now claims to be a Skywalker. Right. Who almost got turned. Yeah. Or just to, to have him come back in, uh, you know, some random, you know, maybe a, a one-off movie or bring him into the Clone Wars or something to where he encounters Vader and, and they have to duke it out. Oh Yeah. And uh, both of them leave mortally wounded, but, you know, survive. Yeah. Um, yeah that would be awesome. Because, you know, we can't have him kill Vader before Vader actually dies. Well, yeah, um, no, no. I mean, But I would absolutely love to see that duel. Yeah, just like a, a duel where he finds out it's Anakin and just like, you Ooh, did this Oh, I gotta to kill me. that guy! <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, for possibly mortally wounded but makes it away anyhow or even just that's how he falls to the you know the hands of vader right and i'm hoping disney gets smart and starts looking more at the expanded universe because it explores the force so much more oh yeah than than the 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 movies or even clone wars does Uh, and it's you know we have certain authors of course that did multiple books and the way they presented the force is so different. Uh, uh, Outbound Flight. I don't know if you've read that book. Um, no, I uh, haven't read that one. Yeah, where Jorah Sabath is heading out into the galaxy, and it's how Thrawn ends up getting drawn into the Empire stuff. Mm. They, they, they get, he gets a message from Palpatine says, destroy this ship. Uh, it was a colonization going way past into the unknown regions, and Palpatine wanted it destroyed because it had a number of Jedi Masters on board, gotcha. including including Joris Sabath. And then he had to make an emergency order because Anakin and Obi-Wan had joined the flight. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 no. Get Anakin off of there. Um, so, you know, they likes to, he likes to twist and, and tie all that together. And, of course, that is um, Timothy Zahn. Mm-hmm. So technically in the timeline, that's where Thrawn is originally introduced. Um, not in order of books published, but in the uh, actual timeline, time stream. Gotcha. So you need to get that one. It's really pretty good. And then it, uh, it answers in the uh, sort of Thrawn sequels uh, aired where um, it's not really Thrawn. It's an actor playing Thrawn. Oh, and then you have Jorah Sabath, who is the 
Jorus Sabath because he's a clone. And, um, oh, well, Thrawn's using him. That's in the first set of books. Yeah, Thrawn's using him to, to you know, coordinate forces and everything else through the force. Hmm. So Jorus Sabath was the original leader of the outbound flight project. Wow. Yeah, I got to get this book. <laughs> so, so yeah, you got to get that reread it all. Uh, I do that every about oh once every eighteen months or so. I'll just start at one end of my Star Wars books and just go through them. Nice. And that way, I have them finished before year end, and I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, um, you know, kind of talking about the Force a little bit. Uh, they brought it up in episode one, and I know it was a point of contention for a lot of people. They were very just adamant about like, what? Why would you do that? And I mean, admittedly, I was one of those people too. Like I didn't, it gave more science to what I had come to known as this mystical force of nature. Uh, oh, God. Metachlorians. <clears throat> Metachlorians. George Lucas's biggest mistake. <laughs> he yeah. was trying to come up with a way so they could measure the force potential of an individual. Right. And for anybody that may not know or may kind of have a misconception of it, the midichlorians are uh, cells that are within our cells. And they're sentient. Kind of like a virus. Yeah, they're, they're sentient life forms. And they're actually what is channeling the force uh, in allowing people who have them to utilize the force. Um, so my question to you, Joe, is if somebody is ne not necessarily trained one way or another, let's say somebody's born, they're force sensitive, and they immediately start out their journey towards the dark side. Like if they, they made a conscious decision to begin going that direction. Now, with the metachlorians being sentient, do you think that they have a say so one way or another? Like, do no, you think I, they resist? I, I would think they're. I think they are pure neutral as well. Um, the only thing is, is like you said, they don't fit in with all the other force mythology. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, those are in living creatures, whereas Yoda's description was always surrounds us, binds us, hold you know that rock, that tree, the water, even the air. Um, has the force in it. Right. And if midichlorians are in all of that stuff too, not just living cells, then you're kind of going to figure everybody can use it. Yeah. To well, some level or another, everybody's going to have midichlorians in them then. This is very true. And, and from what I was kind of uh, reading and came to the conclusion of is that there's two kinds of force and i don't know if they created this as a way to backpedal and try to explain away the midichlorians but there's the living force and there's the cosmic force and the living force is what utilizes the midichlorians so those are only in living creatures uh and the living force feeds into the cosmic force which is all the stuff Yoda talked about, rocks and trees and all the stuff, and is what allows the Jedi to become force ghosts, uh, able to kind of materialize on the normal plane of existence, uh, so to speak. So, I mean, my when I was thinking about this earlier, I was like, well, the Metachlorians, they're sentient beings. What if they don't want to use the dark side? Would they be able to resist that? Or are they solely at the mercy of whoever's body they're in? Hmm. See, I decided after episode one that I was just going to look at the midichlorians as mistaken identity by the Jedi who were just using something that happened to te detect your force potential. Mm. And this count that they decided had to be little individual creatures was not. It was just raw power. Okay, that's that's good. But you needed some way to learn how to focus that power, whether it's on your own, um, because, you know, there there's talk of force sensitives out there that the Jedi ignored and yeah. did not bring to the temple because they were too old for their training. Hmm. Interesting. Very now, interesting. If, yeah. Now, if they had started training those other force sensitives, at least in like the very basics, 
calm your mind. How far into the, the inroads of Dark Jedi and Sith would that have cut? Would you have cut down the, the possible pool of people going and using the dark side? Mm. Or we know it's easier to access the Force through the dark side. Right, because that taps by into them, your direct yeah. emotions. Right, so by not doing that, are they actually creating their own enemies? I think they are. I honestly think that the Jedi... I think some of the, the way that the Jedi went about things created their own enemies. Right. Well, they had taken, and this is where we're going to get into part of our discussion. The Jedi had taken it from, we're the bringers of justice and protection, to we're a religion. Yeah, yeah. And like a lot of religions, we're the only correct one. Oh, yeah. And, and if you look at expanded universe and uh, things of that nature, you see that. Right from the beginning, I mean, when uh, the Jedi and, well, the Jedi split to form the Sith. I mean, that right there was a direct reflection of exactly what you're talking about. Right. Um, somebody out there had to be the first Dark Force user, and it sure does fall in line with God and all his angels, and then one fallen. Yeah, and then taking some with them. Right. To create a new order. Or just finding others out there, and they become the demons. Yep. You know, his followers. So the, the religious connotations, which I know is a tiptoe subject, um, but it's there. I mean, oh, there's absolutely. no doubt it's there. Um, it's the living force. It's the cosmic force. Uh, you know, God has been described as a cosmic force in, in some religions, uh, more of the newer new wave types. Um yeah. But I personally think that the midichlorians were a large mistake. It should have just been, he's got the highest force potential of anybody I've ever scanned. Mm. Um, you didn't even need to go into the midichlorians. Um, <laughs> right. The whole thing about the midichlorians making Shmi pregnant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally horrible thing to do. Yeah, uh, what, where did that come from, I wonder? Well, Christ was by immaculate conception. Um <laughs> But, you know, you, you go back to it, and so were several Egyptian gods. <laughs> right. But, yeah, the, uh, that, that's what destroyed the whole, the whole Force thing for me in Episode 1, was the Immaculate Conception, and now we're, we've got little creatures swimming inside. Yeah, yeah. I, I was never a fan of the midichlorians, because I always viewed the Force how it was originally presented, that it was kind of this large just ever connecting power like it wasn't yeah, an energy field theme. that was everywhere yeah it wasn't a deity it wasn't a a thing it was just it was it, well i mean it was a thing it, it's just like that thing that connects us all together it was that thing that makes you lets you know when somebody's watching you it was you know what i mean right and especially if you look at the expanded universe the the legends uh we're back to the Thrawn trilogy. Talon Card's little uh, dudes that could push the Force away. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you walk into the effect of their, and you have no Force. Well, if it was midichlorians, why would, if they're in you, how are they going to be nullified? Oh, yeah, see, that's a really good point. And if it's in all living things, midichlorians are, then wouldn't they be in the, what are the Salarmi or something? Is Salarmi? Yeah. Um, you know, are are they the only thing in the in the universe that is not part of the force? <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a very valid point. I hadn't really thought about it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, as you can tell, I put some thought into this. Yeah. <laughs> I've been running the force around in my head for a while, ever since I saw that there was actually a Jedi temple, and uh, you can join that religion. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was reading about that online. I was like, huh. Wonder how exactly that works, since as far as I know, nobody can, you know, use telekinesis or jump, you triple their body height into the air. <laughs> yeah, which would be really cool, especially at my age. Um, right? <laughs> you know, I, I'm a double nickels now. I'm, <laughs> I hurt all the time. Can I channel the force at least to make the pain and swelling go away all over me? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not natural. That's, uh, that's dark side stuff. <laughs> no 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 of course not it's the right side stuff you're right because remember where i fall 
Right, exactly. Well, mm-hmm. it, you know, kind of interesting talking about the force, and, and I, I can't remember if I brought it up last time. I, I meant to. Um, but we were talking about the original trilogy and all that. Well, I had been watching episode six, and Yoda said something when he was uh, doing his um, final moments. And he, he was talking to Luke, and he had made a comment about how uh, he even uh, Yoda couldn't avoid death because he wasn't that strong in the Force. Well, that kind of goes against what they were saying in the original movies, which was that it was unnatural and you can't stop death because that's not right and it's a dark side thing. But here but he, he is. obviously had extended his life through the use. Or, yeah, or was he's just making reference that if I was more powerful, I would avoid death. Right. Or if he was willing to cross the line. Yeah, yeah. Which we know Yoda's the most staunch defender of light side only. He He was kind of the poster child for there is no other way but the light side. Everything else is wrong. Right, and if you ever watched him in the, the council, it's it's hilarious. The council's debating, and he goes, so it's decided. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> the council is now in agreement. We're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude, you have like five other Jedi masters there who never even spoke up. No, it's <laughs> real. They just sat there, and they kind of looked around at each other. Like, what? <laughs> With concern, like, really? I think yeah. we should check and see if there's any Sith around. <laughs> oh, maybe oh, oh they the were... boss says no. Boss says no. We're good. <laughs> maybe they were all talking <laughs> telepathically. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that would be a mistake. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the heck? Yeah, he did that. New... And you notice, like, obviously this wasn't, uh, it wasn't Yoda's council. I mean, you can't really own a council per se, or that it wasn't uh, Yoda's temple or Jedi order. This has been around for a long time before Yoda. Uh, right. But you see him as making up the rules almost like, oh, no, too young. We're not going to train him too young or yeah. too old. Sorry, he's too yeah, old. He's too old. We're not going to train that guy. Uh, I, I, he looks funny. Yeah. <laughs> Little and, green guy. You're saying he looks funny. Um, and you see he does it again with Luke. Like Luke shows up, says, hey, Obi-Wan sent me here to train you. And he's like, hmm. I don't know. Like he had I'll all keep these my ex- own counsel on who I train. Yeah, he's got his own his own little uh, rules list of who he'll actually train, which Good. he always trains them anyway. So whatever. Yeah, he ends up training them anyway, um, which is funny, uh, <laughs> especially when you think about you know Luke seems to have done a pretty good job of training Leia. Oh yeah, yeah. On his own, but then horribly fails with Ben. Well, speaking about you're right. Uh, speaking about like gray Jedi and things like that, uh, do you think in, in the battle between Yoda and Palpatine, when they're like, you know, flying around the Senate and jumping around fighting each other, do you think if Yoda had have actually been able to do it, would he have arrested Palpatine or would he have gone the route of Mace Windu and actually just outright killed him? I think at that point, Yoda was knowing he was going to have to destroy Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Um, that there was no way after the whole loss of the temple and all the Jedi, um, and only him and Obi-Wan surviving that they could, they could not contain him. This is in an true. Arrest. There was no way the two, even the two of them together could hold him. And Yoda lost that fight because he refused to succumb to any dark side powers. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the fact that Yoda can actually catch for lack of a better term, the uh, force lightning. I mean, that that's pretty impressive and, and redirect it back. Yeah. With additional good force power. Yeah. Which always kind of threw me off. Cause I'm like, is he reflecting that or is he actually casting force lightning himself? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, I was like, well, that means that, that, that force lightning can be used by a good person. And it just that that ruined me for a while thinking about that. Well, and you would think it would be, you know, it is. It, it should be. Um, if they both have access to the force, they should all be able to use everything in it. Yeah. Um, and it's the morality of it. 
um, no, that's not really a fair f- way to fight. Uh, use the civilized lightsaber. True, true. Um, no, we're not going to use um, the ability to keep ourselves alive forever. Right. Even though we know it exists because Plagueis created it. Plagueis found the way. Yeah. See, uh-huh. I guess I would kind of, if I were offered these opportunities, I would be a great Jedi because I would straight up think to myself, oh, no, I can use Force Lightning. I can use Force Choke. I can extend my life because I will use it for the greater good. Right. So that I could be there for everybody. Right. Uh, now, so. see, I would see a great Jedi uh, being the ones who should be allowed to sit in judgment. Oh, Absolutely. Like the old Jedi used to do, the good Jedi. Um, but I think that should have fallen more to a grayer type Jedi. So he was fair and not holding the law to its own morality. Absolutely. I would, I'm totally on board with that. Because you're, you're right. I mean, you look at today's day and age, you have a trial by a jury of your peers. And if you know the person who's in trouble, they won't let you sit on the jury because you'd right. be biased. They they get completely unbiased impartial. people. Impartial. Yeah. And I Well, that's what they try. <laughs> right. That, yeah, true. But I feel like that's what, what should have happened with the Grey Jedi as well. Yeah, I could see them actually have been maybe a bridge between the Darks and the Sith for, and the Light. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I they, mean, we, there's... You you had kind of touched on it before with the the, the civilized lightsaber. Uh, there are multiple colors, and I think at some point we should do like an entire show or even half a show based on lightsabers and what their colors mean and things like that. But uh, more often than not, people that are are typically neutral have uh, yellow lightsabers, from what I remember. Um, yeah, I believe it's yellow. Uh... Blue are, of course, the were the goody two shoes. Uh, uh, green are more of the warrior sect of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. Of course, red is Sith. And actually, I like the idea. We need to do an episode on lightsabers because, you know, going into how a, a, a Sith makes his lightsaber is a great, li- great, great story. Oh, absolutely! Uh, yeah, that'd be a fun one. You know, talk about that. Okay, so you know, this had to happen for that to happen. Yeah, for for that Sith lightsaber to come into being, um, and the yeah. fact that anybody can use it once it's there, pick up the lightsaber and use it. Yeah, yeah, uh, you could end up technically seeing a Jedi carrying a Sith lightsaber. True, but I mean that it kind of always made me wonder because they have to channel the Force in order to attune with the Kyber crystal. And, you know, make their lightsaber and all that stuff. So wouldn't you think that that crystal would just not work for somebody? Well, you got to wonder. You're right. It's uh, it would seem that would be the smartest way to do it. Uh, almost like, you know, it, having a pore pattern of your palm yeah. or, or DNA testing. But we see that lightsabers can be interchangeable. Mm-hmm. Um, General Grievous. Uh Anakin, when he took took Dooku's head, yeah, um, yeah. You know, so there's a lot of instances. You know, I mean, uh, Ray and um, using ben. Luke's and then losing Leia's and Ben, yeah, uh, able true. to use both. Yeah, so but you yeah, would, you would think it would be such a such a personal to that process. One Jedi. Yeah, it's such a personal process that it should be just. If anybody else hits this button, it's not going to turn on. Exactly. But exactly. then that would have screwed it up for the very start of the, the, the whole thing. Luke couldn't have used his dad's. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's, here's and, and this is probably more for a show about lightsabers, but it kind of ties into the Force, because I was always kind of thinking about it. You always see a Jedi, you know, slinging around their lightsaber. They're doing great. They're doing fine. And then... Whenever it gets knocked away or dropped or whatever, it immediately goes out. So I always thought they used the force to actually activate it. But the more I think, like, is it a button that they have to hold down the entire time they fight? And then as a safety, once they release it, it turns off? 
but then how did they throw it at other Jedi and Sith? Also true. And make it spin around and cut them in half. I mean, granted, we see Ben activate it through the Force. Yeah, yeah. When uh, uh, Snook has uh, Ray's lightsaber there sitting next to him. Um, so so it can be questions. activated that way. <laughs> but, you know, how much concentration do you have? I got to hold the button down, make it spin, have it follow this directory, direct, <laughs> you know, trajectory, and then make it back to me without taking my own head off. Right. Yeah, or her see, head, because we're we're fighting together right now. This is this is all stuff that keeps me up at night. So again, for for a third time, if anybody out there has you know their thoughts or theories on it, please feel free to contact us on social media or send us an email. We would definitely like to hear about it, and we would definitely like to read it on air and you know give you a shout out. Yeah, and possibly if we all three think it's an awesome enough idea or or point, maybe we'll have you on the show for a 15-minute guest spot. That'd be a really good idea. You can come on and talk about all the crazy nonsense with us and put in you know, your two cents on the, whatever we might be talking about that evening. Yeah, I mean, it's it's you're the listeners. <clears throat> Without you, we aren't here. That is so, truthful. I, I feel great. Uh, I would feel great about bringing listeners on once in a while, maybe even, you know, having them put a panel together, uh, us versus them. Oh, yeah. Pro and con. Um, one of us splitting ranks and going on to their side because they're <laughs> because they love the Empire, rightfully so. Uh, <laughs> well, that, that'd be great. So if there are, uh, you know, three, four gray Jedi out there that are willing to form up a council and come on the show, we're all ears. <laughs> uh, that would be phenomenal. That would be phenomenal. I think that's a that's a that would be a great special for like Halloween or uh, Christmas time. Oh yeah, absolutely. A big special episode. Yeah, I'd love to have some of you listeners May the to 4th. come on the show. That there you go, perfect holiday, May the Fourth. Might uh, May have the to 4th. do that. Yeah, I think we're gonna have to hit the boss man up on that one. Yeah, yeah, I'm in. That'd, that'd be uh, fun. I I'm in. You know what? And we need to get a panel of some of our friends that have been on. Um, C. Andrew Nelson, uh, you know, Darth Vader in a lot of stuff. Um, Steve Constantino, who is a Gamoran guard in several of the movies. Uh, you've got some people, Ray. Yeah, yeah. That, that would fit in perfectly. Uh, you know, bring them on as a panel. And, and who's better, the Republic or the Empire? Oh, see, now that's a good idea. Kind of like uh, if they were doing a panel at a convention. Right. Oh, uh, a point-counterpoint really kind of a thing. Uh, yeah. That way, you know, everybody doesn't get tired of listening to us every week. Yeah, I'm thinking we're just a bunch of schlemos. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, sort of. <laughs> but, well, I mean, know, we do have a lot of knowledge between us. Uh you know, I hearken from George's hometown here, uh, coming at you live from Modesto, California for this. Right. Um, and I'm on the Ray, complete yeah, on the east side coast. of the country. <laughs> so these are always fun to coordinate. Um, but yeah, I mean, Ray got me involved because we met on another show that ended up having a Star Wars type discussion. And he was like, he went to Mark and he's like, dude, I got us our third. I got us our third. Yeah. Uh, and I've been here. Well, it's coming up towards a year now. Yeah, it's, wow. it's been fantastic. Like it, it's yeah. great having a third point of view, uh, even though you are heavily swayed to the Empire. But it's okay because like you guys aren't heavily swayed to the good side. Come on, I, I'm I'm neutral in all of this. So you're so you're our gray. <laughs> I am morally our, neutral. Our, yeah, Mark is definitely our blue lightsaber guy. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Whereas yeah. I I I, I want to do a recruitment poster online one of these days for. The Empire. Oh, yeah. I think that would be a, a really good uh, show cover, like cover art for our show for a season is uh, two posters side by side, one recruiting for the light side and one recruiting for the dark side. You know, I'm going to come up with a dark side, an Empire announcement for the beginning of the show. You should. You absolutely to should. To, to one week replace Marks. <laughs> <laughs> That'd Keeping be the great. outer territories, hunting rebel spies and saboteurs. 
<laughs> we got to keep things in balance around here. <laughs> That's right. We are way too Jedi, and you saw what happens when that happens. Uh, oh, the yeah. Empire rises. Yeah, exactly. They they return after a thousand years and <laughs> and take over everything. So the the big takeaway from today's show, the Force, good or bad? Neither. Neutral. Neutral. It is. Neutral for me. Um, I think we need to put that up as a poll on our on our sites. Uh, and see how everybody else feels about that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, give us a whole other show that we might do when Mark's actually here. Steve, that'd be perfect. I like it. And, you know, I I have to agree. I think that the, the Force is neither light nor dark, good nor bad. I think it is just a tool, and it is how you use it that dictates what happens. Right. So. Exactly the way it was originally described. It, 100%. Yes, sir. Anger, easier, faster. Uh, our way, longer. You got to, you know, maintain control and peace, and uh, and it definitely takes longer to become a Jedi than oh, it does yeah. to become a. Oh yeah, I'm, well, I mean, look at you know Anakin's uh, trans transition from Episode One to the end of Three when he becomes Lord Vader. You know how much time really passed in that. That's what a decade, maybe. Yeah, and then yeah. you look at some of the Jedi, and they're talking. You know, Yoda's saying, "Oh no, he's too old. They need to, you know, they train from younger." Obi Wan was still a Padawan in Episode One. Exactly, and you know, and he, he was in his twenties, <laughs> and he had to have been there since he was younger than Anakin. Yeah, infant. Yeah. Um, so you know, it takes way long time to make a Jedi. Uh, for them to get, I guess, get comfortable enough to be able to pull the force through them that way. Exactly, exactly. But neither of them can compare to the speed in which we can create a clone trooper. So we've got that going for us. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> we should have stuck with that instead of making these other stormtrooper dudes that can't hit Jack. <laughs> I, th I blame it on the helmet. But maybe... Well, you know, I blame it on Obi-Wan somehow screwing it up by, by over-talking it. <laughs> <laughs> Only Imperial Stormtroopers are so precise. You know, he really did. He, he hyped he them jinxed up us. and... <laughs> Can't even great. hit these guys running through their own space station. Yeah, bonking their heads on doors and... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, we know what section they're in. Trap them and pull out the air. <laughs> it's oh, a space man. station. Yeah, yeah. Who, who needs air? Oh yeah. lord. Uh, well, I think uh, this is about a good place to wrap things up. So, Joe, I'm going to open it up. Where can the fine listeners go to hear more of you and your social medias to follow along? Uh, you can always find me at Joe Cahill, director producer, over on Facebook uh, or Steamhouse Entertainment. That is the company I have that we make. Uh, Small and feature films uh, over on Twitter, uh, Coffee Steampunk, over on Instagram, Steamhouse Entertainment, and of course, always here at War of the Stars. Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank you for that. I hope that the listeners definitely go check all of your stuff out. You produce some really, really good stuff. Uh, you know, I'm following along, uh, hopefully, maybe working with you at some point in the future. Uh, yeah, if. You've got some Corona really, ever ends. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> but seriously though, I you you're gonna want to follow along with Joe. He's doing some really great things, and you're gonna want to be over there. Uh, as far as myself, you can find me here at War of the Stars. Uh, we, I try to be here as often as humanly possible. Um, you can also find me doing interviews with uh, you know random celebrities and. Uh, musical guests and things like that on my interview show, The Leo Effects, and that is on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. And every Tuesday I do some really, really novice voice acting on Shattered Dungeons, and they do that every Tuesday night, 9.30 Eastern and uh, p.m., I should should say, 9.30 p.m. Eastern. And uh, it's on Twitch TV. We go live at 9.30 you can do roles in the chat and put in your two cents and we give you shout outs and all that good stuff. And you make it into the actual uh, podcast recording, 
which comes out the next day. So, you know, make sure to go to Twitch. They're also on Facebook and uh, Twitter. So you're going to want to check that out. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. I, you know, uh, so I guess the only thing left now, Joe, is um, you could you can also find us at uh, Patreon.com. Warren yep. Stars. Yep, I'm going to. Uh, uh, any support you could do would be great, fantastic. Yeah, and uh, that's more specifically is Patreon.com/backslash War of the Stars. And uh, if barring that, you can go to Anchor and click on the support tab, and there's all kinds of ways you can support that way. Uh, you know, your listenership and anything that you provide to support us goes directly into the show and putting out more quality content for you guys. Uh, you know, Joe and I have said numerous times throughout the episode to send us an email. And in order to do that, you're going to have to go to your uh, preferred email and put warofthestars1 at gmail.com. And that's how you can send a direct email to us that way. Or join our Facebook group, War of the Stars, and you can use the message tab there. Exactly. And last but not least, you can also find us on Twitter at War of the Stars 1. And, you know, you can always hear War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast, wherever fine podcasts are heard. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, all the goodies. So Soon coming to iHeart. And soon, yeah, and uh, we're also working on Pandora. So, yeah. you know, we're, so. we're trying to expand just for you guys, for the listeners out there and gals and anything in between. But, uh, yeah, so great show tonight, Joe. Thank you very much for coming, and thank you to all the listeners who tuned in tonight to check this out. And uh, in, in the words of our great pilot, remember, this isn't just my Star Wars. This isn't just your Star Wars. This is is our Star Wars. May the Force be with you. Long live the Empire.